0: Welcome to Full Circle, your your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. Tonight, we're bringing you a very special episode of Full Circle that's not about movies. We're your hosts for the evening. Yo soy Josiah Luis. And I'm JC. And I want to
1: say again, tonight's show is not about movies. What? Not at all. We're talking to David Roach, co-founder of the Oakland Film Society, about the upcoming Oakland International
0: Film Festival. And we're also going to take a listen to an underappreciated show from back in the day out of Pacifica Radio's archives, and we're going to talk about the perceived lack of diversity around the recent Academy Awards. We've got a whole lot in store tonight, but not a single thing about movies. Not a single thing it's about movies. It's the first
1: of April on full circle, so stay with us. Welcome everyone to Full Circle on KPFA, where it is April Fool's Day, and we're giving you a show that is not at all about movies.
0: Now, hold on, hold on, JC. What? What? what and I, I know you told me to say that this is a show that's not about movies. True. But we did just mention both the Oscars and the Oakland Film Society. How is the show not about movies? Is this some sort of April Fool's joke? Well, I mean. I guess, yeah, sure, we use movies as a launching uh, point
1: okay. for several discussions, but this show is not about movies, not even a little bit.
2: Even
1: a little bit. No, no, no. It's it's about movie makers. Uh, it's about how we see ourselves represented in Hollywood. Okay. It's about how we can capture the mood of a movie without setting our eyes to a screen. But this is a show that is not about movies.
0: It's like a a movie riddle, the things that don't make up a movie. That's right. right. right? (laughs) Simón Cassie. But But um, I'm glad you brought up the bit about it not being about movies, but it being about filmmakers. Because tonight we are very lucky to have uh, David Roach of the Oakland Film Society joining us live right now. That's right. David Roach is a co-founder
1: of the Oakland Film Society, which is presenting the 14th annual Oakland International Film Festival
0: yeah. from April 5th to the 9th. Uh, Mr. Roach began his foray into film by producing the locally grown and Bay-flavored film Sydney Bird, Private Eye, with his brothers Paul and Mac. And he joins us here tonight to talk about this week's film festival.
3: Oh, well, thanks. For, yeah, doing? very good. Thank you yeah. for having me.
0: Yeah. You you are the
1: point guard, leadoff man, and all-time quarterback yes, yes. of the <laughs> Oakland International uh, Film Festival. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you for being here. Oh,
3: thanks for having me. You got to do some amazing research. <laughs>
1: you know, that stuff isn't actually yeah. that hard to find. Yes. Uh, do
3: you want to introduce yourself? Um, I think you did such a great job. Um, <laughs> I um, am a point guard. I played point guard in high school and yeah. then I bet lead off in, in baseball team. But it was kind of like we did everything. You know, as you as you make a film, you, you, you cook, you clean, you, you ask filmmakers to come and donate their time and services. So I thought that kind of title fit pretty well.
1: Yeah. Uh That's really great. Yes.
3: So, so yeah, so, so our festival is coming up and I am the director of the uh, film society and, you know, and it's, we're so honored to be here on your, on full circle on the show and looking forward to, you know, not talking about the movies, but the filmmakers and the (laughs) stories. So this is exciting.
0: David, how'd you get the gig, uh, uh, being the director of the Oakland film society? You
3: know, we created the gig ourselves. You know, right. we started it after some years of uh, producing our own films. As you mentioned, Sydney Bird, Private Eye. We went out to... Um you know, show our film in different film festivals. And we returned back to Oakland, and it was like, well, why doesn't Oakland have a film festival? And so we worked with a number of people that were on our cast and crew, and we started showing their films, and we would be at different theaters around the Bay Area. And we decided just to form the Film Society and to really expand it to the Oakland International Film Festival. So
0: is this Film Society the first one to produce a film festival Made in Oakland. That's right. Oh,
3: right on. That's right. Right on. Yes, That's sir. amazing.
0: That's. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a theme
3: to this year's film festival? Well, it's always Made in Oakland. It's always a big theme of ours. Okay. Um, but we have, but this year we're dealing a lot with race, um, gender, and um, and war. I mean, a lot of it. And but sometimes it's really, you know, you have that idea. But it all matters as far as what what ingredients that you receive. And so when the filmmakers submit their films, uh, we were able to find a number that kind of fit that criteria. And so we're excited to showcase them this year. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So as we talked about war, for example, one of our big films this year is called Nzinga, the Queen of uh, Angola, and um, she fought for about forty years against the re- against the invasion of Angola uh, from the Portuguese in the late 1500s century. Who directed
0: yeah. that?
3: It- um, Sergio. I forgot his last name, but he but the guy he's a Portuguese filmmaker. But oh. the film has won many awards um, in in different all the, in, in Africa and other places as well.
0: So you're getting films from all over the world.
3: That's uh, right. That's right. On, right on. Yes.
1: Yeah, really I was cool. I was wondering about that. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, this is the Oakland International That's Film right. Festival. It's based That's in Oakland. Right. Yeah, what makes it international? You've got you've got. Yes. Where does the
3: submission come from? Well, this. Um, well, we have films that come from Germany, from Madrid, and you know, with the internet nowadays, you have um, the world is at our. It's right there, and so we. Uh, over the years of being 14 years we have certain filmmakers and organizations around the world that have uh, reached out to us to showcase their work and the beautiful thing about that is that we've been able to actually promote films made in Oakland to uh, other areas as well and so I think that's what makes it international and we're hoping we can expand it to you know to connecting more with other communities here locally and to really you know tap into the great wealth of diversity that we have here here in Oakland as well that's a that's such a cool concept too Mm -hmm. of getting the other
0: groups in right. know, in on each other. Yeah, yeah, keep keep yes. the love and art artistic flavor flowing. That's right.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um I was I, w- I wanted to ask you, could you hmm? I've never been to the Oakland uh, okay. International Festival. <laughs> could you describe what it's like? Like I mean, I have I've been to festivals, you okay. know? I've uh, lots of people, lots of funnel cake what is the Oakland International Film Festival like
3: it's like a journey with from day one of local filmmakers filmmakers who come into town from other places that want to experience Oakland um, you have various uh, Organizations here locally that want to participate. Uh, some of the cast, some of the crew, um, at different venues, and so like this year we're starting off at Jack London Square, uh, oh, nice. L- uh, Langamari, which is one of our venues uh, for a, more of a mixer networking. Wow. Uh, we have the red carpet and you know the step and repeat, take pictures. People love to take a lot of pictures yeah, with sure. the, with all yeah. the different, lo- you know. Well,
1: if I ever get to a red carpet, I'm taking lots of pictures. There you too. go, yeah. there
3: you go, and post it on you know on your Twitter yeah, and all absolutely. that stuff. And yeah. so. Um, <laughs> And so we, you know, pretty much it's 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 about, you know, panel discussions. It's really getting a chance to to learn some of the behind the scenes, uh, you know, the experience filmmakers have, and and and, and they are open, you know, wanting to share what they do, yeah. how they did it, and, um, and you get a lot of young filmmakers who are really, you know, inquiring about like this is a possible career. Yeah. And so um, it's parties too. It's, yeah. it's 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 you know. Alcohol and different yeah, sure, things sure. and dancing and and so pretty much it starts off very much you know kind of slower get to know each other more intimate and as the day progresses it gets a little bit louder right. and then end of the night you really want to just go to sleep and then hopefully <laughs> you know, like wake a party. up party yeah. the like party so every day for, it's, it's, uh, huh?
0: it's interesting though because you're talking about uh, all kinds of aspects of film you know it's mm-hmm. not just uh, uh, you there's also the opportunity obviously to see the movies but that's you're right. also talking about networking that's and, right and meeting other people and. That's that. That's right. That's really
3: really and the filmmakers show up for their movies. A lot of them, and so they get so after the film's over, you get to ask questions, you know, Q and A as far as how did you make that film, what inspired you. Um, Then the filmmaker will walk into the crowd, and people like to, you know, still have other questions to ask. And so it's really an appreciation of the art form of of filmmaking is what we. Like to you know bring bring together. You
0: mentioned mm-hmm. that Jack Lennon Square was going to be one venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, for where, where are some of the other local venues uh, in Oakland going to be? The,
3: okay, uh, so parts? we're gonna um, well, we're. Well, that day we we're at Jack London, but then we have our screenings at Holy Names University. Okay. And then um and then another day we're gonna be going to Calaveras, which is more uptown Oakland, and then we're gonna be showing films at the Impact Hub. Oh, we're showing great. films at the Grand Lake Theater, uh we're showing um we're doing we're showing films and we're having panel discussion yeah. at Jeffrey's Inner Circle, which is downtown Oakland. Yeah it's a great place. Uh, and then we're having a party closing party at level 13 which is now called the shadow lounge and so it, it'll be called level 13 by the time our festival starts
0: <laughs> that those all sound like such a great representation of oakland too oh, yes. you, got, yeah. you got the grand lake you get the impact that's of right and, yeah. and Jeffries,
3: because you know Jeffries is like the mayor of oakland yeah. you know everybody <laughs> knows who Jeffries is in yeah. oakland right he's been there for a long time and we're and he's always been one of our homes so we're excited to be there again Zakia,
0: yeah. one of our fellow uh, uh, kumba voices mm-hmm. she loves she loves Jeff. Yeah. She
1: yes. Loves yeah. 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 yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yes. Um, this seems like
1: a good a time as any to uh, to take a call for for for. Um for tickets, okay you brought and we discussed ticket that's you right don't, you don't that's have right. physical tickets that's uh, right we, we've got the opportunity to win tickets that's right that can be picked up for will, at will call that's right um so we're gonna take uh we've we've got two pairs of tickets so that's mm-hmm. four tickets two pairs of tickets that were given away um we're gonna take callers number four and five whether uh, um whether the tickets for whether
0: the movie's for
3: oh yeah, yeah. sure
0: that's that's,
1: that's, a, that's a you very know
3: good what point. I think that to get a real um feeling of, of our festival connecting with the Made in Oakland piece. I think it's going to be at the Ground Lake Theater oh, yeah, great uh, where great. we're going to show um, We Could Have, We Should Have, We Didn't, which is a short film out of Germany. And then that film will be followed by um, Think of Calvin. Um, there's other three other films, The Someone, and these are Oakland filmmakers, and then the film Inzinga, um, The Queen of Angola. Yes, oh, I, yeah, I want to yeah.
1: give out that number so folks yeah. can call in right now. I want you to continue talking about some of the, these movies. Sure. Uh, the number is 510-848-4425. Uh, so call right now if you want to get those tickets. College 4 and 5, we're taking them. Again, that number is 510-848-4425. Call in right now. Uh, so, Taking colors four and five. Okay. So
0: David, you were saying there were Oakland filmmakers are going to be, uh, uh, wh- whether some of the other, can you talk a little bit about some of the Oakland filmmakers' films that particularly stand out?
3: Yes, um, The Someone is is a, a sci-fi oh, wow. short film, you know, a guy named Hel- uh, Hel- Helger did it, and he's had a film last year in our festival, but he actually works in advertising, wow. and it's amazing because you can just see the how he did this on a low budget, And you'd want to hire this guy. I mean, but really, I mean, the 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 uh, the you know the technical skills and everything is really good script. Um, It's a short film. It's a short film. It's a narrative piece. Um, there is, you know, as I mentioned, Think of Calvin, which is a documentary right. film, which deals with um, a young boy who is, is is pursued by police officers in Baltimore. And the father sees this happening and he decides that question, like, what are you guys doing to my about to do with my son? And he ends up getting arrested. And so it kind of shows how uh, if you've ever thought about why so many African-Americans are in prison, people of color in prison. This is a this is the reason why. Wow. And so um, Kelly. Amos, that's called Think of Calvin
0: Think of Calvin yes
3: yeah. um, and then Body and Soul is a, is a film it's a documentary film um, by Robert Phillipson and he's had a few films in our festival over the years as well and this film deals with some of the earlier Jewish and African American um, collaborations in music and so it's a documentary that's going to show prior to the Nzinga uh, screening um, on Thursday night as well.
0: Uh, well those are those are so timely with, what, with Oakland I mean with mm-hmm. the, the Black Lives Matter yeah. and yes. the, the child the um, child and the father's perception. Also, I mean, not to go too um, far off tangent, but the sci-fi thing as well. I mean, there's a whole <laughs> sci-fi revival in Oakland right now. Yeah. Bucky Sinister just released a sci-fi book, so that that's, oh, wow. it'll go, okay. this is going to go yeah. great. I mean, yeah. wow, you, you guys uh-huh. are right on point,
3: David. Well, I mean, it's not missing me, but I mean, it's the filmmakers that are <laughs> yes, making the films. Yes. And, I mean, Disciple, this guy's making yeah. uh, he- Hecha two. i mean it's a sci-fi movie wow. this guy like a lot of action wow. and blood and stuff in this film um, well, jimmy's the- a short film there's a it's it's a it's a really humble film where this guy's lost you know lost his father and he's trying to you know, identify with his with his identity as a young boy becoming a man, oh. and he. But he makes bicycles. It's a slower story, wow. but it's a nice paced film. So it's kind of cool. like some of the international films that we receive, yeah. where they're actually more about telling stories about some of the you know the normal things that we care about in life, the safety of our children, you know, healthy food, and you know, community stuff. Well, and
0: that, yeah. mm-hmm. those are such normal themes in That's other right. parts of the world cinema. You know, America's right. themes. We, we need something to blow up every five seconds. <laughs> that, that's what we're He's not going to These all sound like, like right, such so. beautiful films. Yeah. If, uh, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with uh, David Roach, who's uh, the director of the Oakland International Film Festivals, yeah. uh, starting their uh, um, the festival this this week. Yeah, yeah, starting yeah, it's on Tuesday Tuesday. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, starting so,
3: on Tuesday through Saturday. And
0: these are some great films you're not going to want to miss out for.
3: Yeah, them, I, w- for I was sure.
0: going to ask you, David, how many films do you guys get
1: submitted to the film festival,
3: and how many are you showing? Um, we have a couple hundred that wow. are submitted, and we're showing about 53 Films now, wow, and so um, and in fact, one of the ones I, I wanted to mention is our opening night film, which is called "Ghost Ghost Town to Havana," which is a documentary film that has won awards as well. It's a Bay Area filmmaker, and um, the film tells the story of baseball, um, where the 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 uh, filmmaker's father was a coach in Richmond when they actually won the state, oh, wow. and during integration. And he was really inspired by a lot of the African-American players that were on the team. And just that park had a lot of connection to the community. And anyway, after they won, the field pretty much has not been used. And um, But he ends up going to Havana, and he sees this guy on a bicycle, and, and he goes to this big field, and all these kids are waiting for him. And, and he just shows how that connection... To the community in Cuba, and then he comes uh-huh. back to Oakland, and there's a guy in a ghost town area, which is West Oakland, Yes, yes and he's right. doing the same thing. He's working with all these kids, and he has it's just a, such a valuable connection mm-hmm. to the, you know, to the growth of these children. And so it, it's a really good analysis of how important certain people are in our neighborhoods that don't get paid, but they're, you know, they're playing a huge role in our community. That is that's, so cool. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. You're showing yeah. them someone like that. On yes. the film. What, what was the name of that film again? That's called Ghost Town to, H- to Havana. God, that yeah, that sounds great. Goes to Havana. That's the,
1: that's the opening night.
3: That's thing. the opening night film that's, at Holy Names at five thirty. Yeah. Yes.
1: If, if folks mm-hmm. didn't call in, they're not callers four and five. Mm-hmm. Where? How can they go to the? Uh, oh, the, they can go the to our website
3: um, oiff dot org for tickets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like I said, Holy Names is what we will be opening up for the yeah. for on Tuesday. This the, coming yeah, Tuesday. Yeah.
1: So this is this is all going down right now. It's April fifth through the ninth. Um, this is this sounds like a really great. Do you have it any really other does. contact info or anything else that we should know?
3: Um. Well. We have a hotline, 510-735-8788, for folks who don't like to get on the internet, and we can answer some of the questions. Um, But for the most part, just go to our website, as everybody does these days. (laughs) All our films, our listings are there, and uh, all our venues, all the mixers and parties are listed. And... um, it's, we're excited. I can't believe we're already here. It's, and yes.
0: It's, it sounds like such a cool way to participate in, in the Oakland culture. And definitely. Definitely. Thank definitely. you for coming by. Thank David. you. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you're going to want to go support the Oakland International Film Festival. Absolutely. That's for sure, KPFA listeners. We have been talking to David Roach, the director of the Oakland International Film Festival. Thank you.
1: Oh, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.
3: Yes, yes. Okay. All yeah. Right. yeah. Take care. All right. We'll, uh, be,
0: we'll be back with some sound from the KPFA archives. Oh, man. I've, I've been hearing hearing about this yeah yeah this uh this is the start of uh yes this is uh we're gonna want to hear this that's for sure we're gonna take a small music break though uh, with roy orbson's classic in dreams from the soundtrack to that creepiest of films blue velvet
2: a candy-colored clown they call the sandman tiptoes to my room every night Just to sprinkle stardust and to whisper, go to sleep. Everything is all right. I close my eyes, then I drift away into the.
1: circle on 94.1 fm kpfa and online at kpfa.org in preparation for this show that's not at all about movies not
0: all about movies
1: josiah and i stumbled onto an old kpfa show from the pacifica archives
0: oh you you dear listeners are going to love this that's right uh not many people know about this but kpfa used to run a show that reviewed movies it was called Silver Screen Gold Coast with Conejo and Bam Bam. And not many people remember this, but it was actually hosted by two guys, Rudy El Conejo Romero and Sammy Bam Bam Logan. Wow. It, and it it didn't have much of a run. It had a short run for a few months in 1972, but was in high demand for some reason during the country's bicentennial and returned for an extended stint from 1976 to 1982. Whoa! This is
1: a kind of forgotten piece of KPFA oh, yeah. and Pacifica history. Yeah, yeah.
0: Why is it such a forgotten piece? Well, to be honest, JC, I mean, and this maybe this is just me, but the show just wasn't that good. What, uh, what do you mean? In what way? Well, well the guys, these, these guys would not know a good movie if you bit them. I mean, take a listen to a clip from one of their early shows where they review the
4: uh, Oscar-winning classic The Godfather. The next flick that me and Conejo checked out was called The Godfather, a saga about an Italian... For, Ime- for, first
5: off, I want to say that the family in the movie should have been Mexican. And this character that everybody is raving on and on about, this godfather, he should have been named... Tio Jose Luis.
4: Wait a minute. Why are you starting this review with all this jive-ass talk, Conejo? Man, dig this. The flick is about an Italian-American crime family. The characters got to be Italian.
5: Do they all have to be Italian?
4: Hell yeah. They all have to be Italian.
5: They, they, They could have snuck in at least one Mexican in there to play one of those Italianos. Where was Jesse Borrego? Why wasn't Jesse Borrego in the movie? Look.
4: For once, just shut your damn mouth. Who cares about who played who? They could have gotten Chinese kung fu movie actors to play these dudes. It wouldn't have mattered, because I'm here to tell you, Francis Ford Coppola's The Godfather is one of the worst movies ever made. Really? Yeah, really. This jive flick goes nowhere. It's filled with these fool actors. Robert Duvall. James Kahn, Marlon Brando, and this kid Al Pacino. Hey, actually, that that does sound kind of Mexican. No, no,
5: no, 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 no. He's not. I had him checked out. I had him checked out.
4: Yeah, well, he should change his nationality after making this stinkeroo. Ain't no one going to hire Al Pacino after this. Oh man, and and Marlon Brando. He was the worst, the absolute worst. Yeah. Believe me, as time goes by, his role as Don Corleone will be forgotten. No one should spend their hard-earned bread to buy buy yourself a blacklight poster instead. Because the Godfather flick ain't worth your time. This is one for the junk pile. In fact, you know what? I'm not even going to give this one bam. Bam, bam, you're
5: not even going to give it a bam?
4: Hey, I rates them like I sees them. One bam for bad movies and a bam bam for a good one. And this Godfather was so bad, it don't even get one bam.
5: Bam! You know, to be honest, I I didn't even go see it. I was so upset that Jesse Borrego wasn't in the movie, I boycotted it. I stood outside the movie theater with a sign. But bam, if you didn't give it a bam, well, I won't give it a bam either. I won't give the Godfather a bam either.
4: Wait, hold up. You didn't even see the movie? No, no. And now you just want to use my bam?
5: Yeah, yeah. No,
4: see, that's my thing. That's my bam. Hey, hey,
5: bam! Hey, bam! This bam, bam.
4: Oh, I'll, I'll show you a bam, bam. Bam, bam, Don't you bam, bam.
1: I, I see what you mean there. Uh-huh. Uh, that Conejo guy got hopping mad. They fought like that on air?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is KPFA, JC. If anything says go with the flow and no disagreement here, it's KPFA in the 70s, right? That's true, yeah. No no, no dissension or anything there. But it couldn't have been
1: like that forever. I mean, they were in demand for a reason, right? When they came back, it it must have been a
0: better show. Uh, I wouldn't say so exactly, JC. I really? mean, the sound quality got better, but other than that, they were still pretty much a joke. I mean, listen to they talk about the highest-grossing film of 1981, Raiders of the Lost Ark.
5: Okay, the next film we're reviewing is Raiders of the Lost Ark, a thinly-veiled, glorified retelling of Cortez's raping and attacking the mighty Aztec civilization. Wait Wait,
4: a minute, Conejo. Uh, This is a movie about some adventurous archaeologist that gets into all kinds of shenanigans fighting Nazis and... Wait, where exactly do you see Cortez raping the Aztecs in this movie?
5: It's right there, Bam Bam, hidden in plain sight.
4: And also, it's it's blatantly racist. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Racist? Racist! racist. What racist? Now I know you're full of caca conero. Oh. There's absolutely no racism in this film. It's not like there's little Asian boys running around with ridiculously thick accents or well, yeah. Kali worshiping Hindus running around killing Whitey. Well, I mean, come yet. on. Don't you think you're going too far with this? Uh, You
5: know, know, I I don't like his bullwhip either.
4: His bullwhip? Yeah, his
5: bullwhip. And I don't like his hat. That hat, that hat right there, that hat represents exactly what I'm talking about. Okay,
4: okay, okay. Please explain this one to me.
5: Okay, okay. The hat. It's the big old conquistador helmet that Cortez wore when he went and Conejo, raped all the... Conejo,
4: it's a battered old brown fedora.
5: Oh, you think so, do you, Bam Bam?
4: I really think you're being a little bit kind of, you know... And
5: that uh... theme song, that theme song makes me nervous. There's too much brass in it. It's like, a. it, it makes it hard to enjoy this thinly glorified retelling of
4: Cortez's raping of the... Uh... Wait, 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 you mean this music?
5: Hey, hey, stop that. Knock it off. I told you already, that music makes me nervous.
4: Oh, yeah? Knock
5: it off. Knock it off. Stop it.
4: Stop it.
2: (laughs)
0: Dude, why are we playing this? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's, it's, these, it's hard. <laughs> these
1: guys should never be allowed on air together.
0: Did they ever get along? Can and Bam Bam? They, I found one occasion, JC, in the entire run of the show, the entire run of the show. It was in 1977 when they talked about the cult classic Star Wars. Have a listen.
5: The next flick me and Bam Bam saw this week was Star Wars. A supposedly epic sci-fi adventure that is really a thinly veiled metaphor for the white man's capitalist system and its persecution of minorities.
4: You know, for once, Derek Conejo, I actually agree with you.
5: Thank you. Gracias.
4: But I have to say, Star Wars, it's still a good movie.
5: Wait, wait. What are you saying, Bam Bam? You support space racism? You think it's cool?
4: Whoa, 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 whoa. I never said nothing of the sort.
5: I saw your thumb almost go up. You, you, you were about to give this movie a bam-bam, weren't you?
4: Well, yeah, but so what?
5: Well, I guess, I guess maybe you're right. It is a cool movie. At, at least there's a Mexican in this one. I got to give George Lucas credit for that. Seeing a Mexican's face on the screen does so much for the morale of my people during these wait, hard times. Wait, wait, wait,
4: wait a uh, minute, wait a minute. Slow shot. up, my brother. Slow your roll. What? When did you see a Mexican in Star Wars? Bam-bam. The big dude hanging out with Han Solo. Conejo, you mean Chewbacca? Chewbacca, Chewbacca wasn't no Mexican.
5: L- l- look at the evidence. He got an old Vato's nickname, Chewie. He's always he's always working on the Millennium Falcon like it's some busted down car in the space driveway. And, whoa, and, whoa,
4: whoa, 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 whoa! Who's talking space racism now? Now you sound like the space racist. Wait,
5: wait, hold on. Wait, wait. Now that I think about it, Han Solo, Solo, Solo. Not, hey, there's two Mexicans in Star Wars, two of them. What do you think of that, bam bam? Man,
4: you sound like Jabba the Hutt right now. Ain't no two Mexicans in. Ain't no two Mexicans in Star Wars. No, there's no no there's, Mexicans. There's two in Star-
5: Mexicans. You can't no, handle the fact that, that there's about. two, Mexicans, yeah, in two Mexicans in Star Wars. There are
4: not two Mexicans in Star Wars. You're talking those hands. Jive. jive talk right solo. there. you are talking about
1: Man, I am glad that KPFA
0: stepped up their quality. Dude, those guys were awful. Awful's right, JC. Uh, You and I are much better than those fools for sure. Oh, absolutely. Uh, If you're just tuned in, you that was some KPFA archives right there. Uh, You're listening to 94.1 FM KPFA, and next we're going to listen to a little music, but JC... You tell me this music is uh, special to you somehow, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I kind of got this idea from author John Acuff, John Acuff about how to formulate ideas. It's it's a really great process. And if I would say to our listeners, if you're a creative or an artist or anyone who essentially needs to brainstorm – uh this is a really great idea that I think a lot of people should and could put into practice. The idea is that you put away all distractions, right? So no phone, you turn off your phone, you put put your, no TV, no internet, no books, no est- external stimuli at all. So the only thing you bring with you is um a movie soundtrack. Huh. Yeah. So you sit down with a paper and pen and you turn on a soundtrack and then you just kind of let your mind wander. Whoa. That's the, that's a really cool thing about it. You just let your mind wander, let the juices flow. You don't try to think of anything. It's not about trying to come up with an idea. You just kind of
0: let the idea come to you. That's that's cool. It sounds a little bit like Guided meditation, almost.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it it is. It, it's it's kind of like guided meditation, but um, the thing is, you, you pick something that's not very evocative. So you pick music that's not very evocative. So nothing like star, like like Star Wars, like we just heard. The nothing Imperial too March. brassy. Yeah, no, nothing too brassy. Not the Imperial March. Not like you know, John Williams' Superman. You know, sure. you, nothing like that. Um, something kind of low key. For me, um, usually I I actually turn to Harry Potter. Oh. Uh, it's it's actually the the first film, uh, the Sorcerer's Stone. That's that one has great soundtrack for thinking but right now i'm kind of into the soundtrack from the wes anderson film the grand budapest hotel great film um so we're going to play a song the song is mr mustafa from the grand budapest hotel soundtrack Ninety-four point one FM KPFA, or you're listening, excuse me, to the show that is not about movies. You just heard the song "Mr. Mustafa" from the Wes Anderson film "The Grand Budapest Hotel." You know, just one of my favorite Wes Anderson movies is "The Fantastic Mr. Fox."
0: Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. I love. T- I mean, that's one of my favorites too from him. But but technically, that's a kid movie, right? I mean based on yeah. a book by Roald Dahl who also wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory right. rated PG it's a kids movie but uh you know what it's different from other kids movies there's a there's more there's more grown up themes going yeah. on which yeah. is It's me and you were talking about this a couple of days ago there's been this progression that I've kind of noticed in kids movies with a, a more of an adult theme going on you know uh, yeah it's it's an interesting thing.
1: Yeah, this is, and I I love the shift uh, that that's been happening in kids' movies, and I kind of want to talk about it a little bit with you, um, right now. It's it's really it's really been kind of amazing, if you will, because the the movies growing up, the movie, and and you I'm sure can 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 attest to this, but the movies that we had growing up, there was like the damsel in distress, right? Sure. There, there've been a lot of shifts, and Fantastic Mr. Fox is one of them. There's like you got George Clooney and Meryl Streep kind of being grown up adult. Type characters, which is, but it's still hilarious, you know, in that Wes Anderson kind of way. But also, like, you've got this shift from damsel in distress, and and what I'm what I'm thinking of is like, I don't know, some some of our listeners out there may know. Just think back to like Snow White, right? Right. Like, that's a total damsel in distress kind of thing. Like oh, yeah. the queen is looking to cut out her heart, and then and and then she like is completely helpless, and like she has to rely on like the the mercy of the woodsman, and like all these kinds of things, and and it's, it's totally damsel and distressy, y um, But then nowadays, you've got movies like Frozen. And, like, don't get me wrong, I don't really love the movie Frozen. Like, there's a lot of singing, and there are only a few songs that I actually like from it. Right. Um, but, like, this movie... Like took over. I work at a preschool during the day, and the kids are crazy about Frozen. Like they can't even say the word completely yet. It's like oh, just "Osen." Oh, like that's that's all they say. But they love the movie, and its themes are not one of it's not one of Damsel in Distress at all. You've got like powerful female characters,
0: which is actually really cool. So have you noticed that in other films lately too? With the kid films, there's more of a, a development of the, a stronger female type.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I mean, and it's not just this idea of. Uh, of, of damsel in distress kind of thing, which is which is something that's totally there, but also this just the need for a man at all. Okay, like that's just that's it's not that it's gone, but it's like almost gone.
0: Well, which is so it's kind of like the development of, of the independent woman's character. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Very, yeah. And, that's really cool. And
1: starting that as a child, because that's kind of, isn't that the, the environment that we would like our girls to grow up in? Oh, like yeah. Not, not an environment where they're feeling like they need to rely on a man for anything. Like, right. they, like they are their own. See, I, I would like to call this the evolution of feminism in children's films. Like, that's kind of what this is. And it's not gone by that name per, like per se, but let it be known right here, right now, I'm calling it that. I'm calling it the evolution of feminism in, in Kids
0: films. Kids films. Well, there, there, there is the the early films. Definitely, even the early stories. There are archetype arc of you know the the girl is waiting for someone to come along and right. save her. You know, yeah. like Cinderella, Cinderella, I Sleeping mean, White, yeah, I mean, no, yeah Snow, Snow White, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, yeah. Yeah, all of Rapunzel. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um but but then now you've got movies like Brave. Like I don't know. Now that one that's that's a the Pixar film that I can really get behind. Mm-hmm. It's like it's about this like little Scottish girl with wild hair and like she's just and, and, and like Brave is a a very appropriate title because she's like like riding through the glen sho- shooting her bow and arrow and just like she's just a very strong female and her parents like this film is kind of about her parents trying to get her to marry a guy ah. like the parents are pushing a man on her and she's like no I don't need that and the film kind of ends up being about the love between a mother and a daughter so it's about parental love so it's still I mean it's Disney so you still got a love story there yeah, yeah. but it's a love story between it's a, a love Story that that more people I think can relate to in a more healthy way between a parent and a child is versus between uh, you know just some some kind of pie in the sky fantasy
0: of of you know running after some guy. Those um, are heavy themes. That's that's cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can't teach them too young, right? I yeah. Mean, that, yeah. What, um, what are some other themes that you've noticed? You were mentioning uh, uh the the new movie that came out Zootopia. Yes, dealing with certain re- uh, themes of racism and things like that. My gosh, Josiah, this is this this is kind of what sparked this
1: whole idea in uh-huh. me. Um, there's been there, there's also been this movement to kind of um consciousness of social issues, and that's like one of the things that makes this whole thing a lot more relevant to what we're doing here and now in full circle, is that like. Like Zootopia, like you said, I, I, I'm, I'm like completely enamored with the, the, This movie, um, like we, I, I, I'm totally all like, go see this movie. It's really? a great, it's a great Disney film. And like, I'm not gonna give away all of it, but like the the idea is, it follows a bunny who's like a cop. It's it's a it's a really cool thing, bunny cop. It's really cool. Um, not but, a pig cop, a bunny cop. Yeah, no, no, okay, not a pig okay, okay. cop, <laughs> but a bunny, a, a bunny cop, um, but. But the thing is that the the film is kind of in in some ways it's an allegory for racism. Uh-oh. Like there's this whole thing about like you know there there are there are words that I'm, and I don't want to give it all away because it's 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 really funny and I, I I just hope people can go see it. But like there's these parts where the the animals are saying like you basically you can't use that word that's our word kind of uh, thing. Okay. And then like there's there's I'll put it this way. Uh, there there is a uh, there's a definite link between foxes and black people ah. which which is like as 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 an african american going to see that film and then watching on screen as as th- some characters tell their children you know you need to stay away from foxes like and i'm just like Yep, I've heard people tell <laughs> their children oh, that about people like me. Like and it's it's so cool and it's 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 very thinly veiled so we can all kind of get it, but it's 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 also like it's also not beating you over the head with it so kids can really like still just sit there and have fun and laugh and enjoy it but then they might grow up with this movie and actually learn about these social issues
0: and it's also um you bring it up too that that it's interesting because now with the development of these themes sort of maturing uh parents can actually enjoy the film on more than like an obligatory level right they can actually they're in there and thinking about these things these are pretty heavy topics i mean that's really cool. And you
1: also had um, environmental issues addressed in Wally and uh, and and The Lorax. Oh right. I mean right. that one. That well, one. The Dr. Seuss. Yeah, that's yeah. a Dr. Seuss book. Yeah. But um, I mean. Anyone who hasn't read the book, go go pick up the Dr. Seuss book, The Lorax, Definitely. and it's it's really cool. That I am the Lorax. I speak for the trees, yes, right? Yes. And like introducing kids to those kind of social issues, like how how much more timely can you get than talking about environmental issues like global warming and things like that? Yeah. And that's exactly what this movie is. So it, these movies are are they're evolving, they're changing, they're be, becoming more conscious and and honestly, I would even say healthier for our kids.
0: That sounds, yeah, they're definitely giving a, a, a good message other than just bonking somebody on the head with a big hammer, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> trying yeah. Trying the roadrunner. <laughs> Danny DeVito trying to teach you a lesson about, like, you know, conservation, that's, like, that's gonna get, and that's the thing. It's gonna get the adults watching too.
0: Yeah, that, that they, they, they they do sound like more interesting cartoons. That's for sure. Certainly. That's for sure. Hey, let's um let's shift gears a little bit uh, because you know, something else that we were sort of on our minds we were talking about earlier um, were the Oscars. Um, uh, now, uh, how could we have a show that's not about movies without not talking about the Academy Awards, right? Uh, uh, yeah, sure. This past year's Oscars, as most of you out there know, uh, were boycotted by uh, stars like a. Uh, Jada Pinkett Jada Pickett, J- Jada Jada Pickett <laughs> and Will Smith Yeah sure uh the great director Spike Lee George Clooney Idris Elba who we want to be the first black James Bond Yeah or or Doctor on Doctor Who I'm I also yeah, yeah I didn't know the Doctor Who thing yeah, happened well yeah, Steven sure. Spielberg also boycotted the Oscars as well but um you know they were doing this uh uh to to protest the exclusion of people of color from the major categories that yeah, was going on That's right uh, the
1: boycott in- inspired comedian and radio host W Kamau Bell. We uh we went to see Kamau right now. Yeah, we did. Which is a shout out to W Kamau Bell. I don't know if he's out there. It's uh, got the Kamau right now on KLW. Um it inspired him to create the hashtag #OscarsSoWhite, which I thought was a really kind of uh it was a popular thing. It was trending all over the place and it it insp- and that inspired the LA Times to release an article with the headline It's been 54 years since a Latina took home an Academy Award. The article was careful to mention the lack of diversity in the nominating process, particularly as it relates to Asians, blacks, and Latinos. But the only problem I have
0: with it is that it kind of ignores some very important things. That, um, that's true. It, it does. I mean, uh, we can definitely get behind the protesting of the exclusion of people of color from absolutely. the major categories. Sure. But, um we also don't want to ignore the people of color who have been a part of the movies uh, over the years, you know, and, and have added depth and 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 really great roles to them. I yeah. mean, you know anthony quinn you know all these i mean he's the one who first started you know back in the day he was anthony quinn the quintessential uh every every ethnic man from italian to mexican to spanish to you know it's a black right he he played played everything everything everything
1: yeah and and i want to i want to say this that don't don't get me wrong people of color are indeed underrepresented um systemic racism is at play there's no question about that but the article and the conversation like this is this had been going on for a while, but I feel like the conversation kind of neglects to mention actors and directors oh, yeah. of color who are still like who have been making waves for the past few years, oh, yeah. and even up until more recently into this year's Oscars. Yeah. I
0: mean, Luis Bunuel was an ama- amazing uh, Latina director. I mean, if you want to go countercultural, there's Alejandro Jodorowsky who did *Santa Sangre*. I mean, and then you know, if you want to stay more contemporary, I mean, everybody's talking about you know Alejandro Inarritu who as you guys know, he he wrote uh, Birdman and directed The Revenant, and you know they both won Oscars uh, back yeah, to back. But he, he he um he basically got Leo DiCaprio his first
1: Oscar, right? For goodness right. sakes. Grumpy so this Little Mexican, Leo. Yeah, yeah.
0: This Mexican director, and he's been nominated for all kinds of things. But you know they mention him now. But he has been around for years. I mean, making contributions. The Amores Peros, his first movie that was released to people. Um, I mean, that was the first real depiction of the Latino language that I've ever seen in a movie. I mean, real, you know, slang and all—it was in there. And so cool. uh, that was his first movie. He did uh, uh, 21 Grams and Babel, which right. kind of predates the whole American fascination with the meta-narrative in films that was like, you know, Crash and Traffic, those kind of movies. And Arriuti was having those themes way before and. You know, so the the Latino element in film is there as well as the Black element. We have to remember that, like JC's saying. You know, yeah, Lupita Nyong'o uh, won the 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 Oscar
1: for Best Supporting Actress for Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah, just no. a couple years ago, two thousand thirteen. It wasn't very long ago. Uh, for the same movie, Chiwetel Ejiofor uh, nominated. Um, Steve McQueen took home the Oscar for Best Picture that year. Black, a, black, and a black. black. Yeah, black, black, and black. <laughs> and and Lupita Nyong'o, she's. She's Kenyan and Mexican. So she was she was a Kenyan born in Mexico City. Yeah. Like so I mean how much more people of color can you get than, than the like they could have
0: mentioned them. They could have mentioned they, them.
1: Yeah, mention those people in these conversations. You've got a few others.
0: Oh yeah. Well, um like I was talking about Inariruti, you know, um there's also Roberto Rodriguez, you know, we can remember uh, all the stuff he's done with Tarantino over the years. And then also there's uh, Inari Inariruti's uh, Carnalito Alfonso right. Curran who uh, started Y Tu También right. and the two of them together sort of sparked uh, American interest in uh, Latino pop music and kind of sparked a whole interest in the Mexican directors I mean the, the the contributions go on and on, you know. They really do.
1: Uh, Absolutely, and Quaron took took home an Oscar for Gravity just a few years ago as well. I forgot about that. That's yeah, right. Two That's years right. ago, two thousand fourteen. Ava DuVernay, Selma, who, uh, aside, even even with Selma, did you hear that she was also? They're planning on on uh, modeling a Barbie doll after her. Oh, so we're right talking, on. We're talking about like feminists and 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 what like the the image that we're portraying the kids. Like, look at that, Ava DuVernay. They're, she's gonna get a Barbie for goodness sakes, like that's you can't get any better than that, and then of course John Legend in common common who was in the film Selma, but they took
0: home the Oscar for best original song, so I, I would like it if Edward James almost got a Lego figure. <laughs> Since we're talking about, I think Edward James almost should have a Lego figure. Dude, his
1: hair would snap on. Well, and the, off.
0: the skin too; it would, it, would, it would go really well with. That the would texture. be that
1: would be really cool. So. I mean, so so basically, what what my point is here is it's it's wonderful. Like I, I I think that something should be done about the fact that people of color are underrepresented. There's no question about that. But ignoring successful people of color does a disservice to all of us. Most so definitely. Let's let's not let's not ignore successful people of color just so we can say that we're underrepresented we're certainly underrepresented and that's there's no question about that but let's not like put down and ignore successful people of
0: color in pursuit of that yeah for sure for sure for sure amen to that jc but um so uh oscar so white enough of that let's not um let's not ignore the representation that we do have in hollywood but um you know what? L- well, I, I, since we were talking about earlier about the soundtracks, I wanted to I wanted to jump back to the soundtracks. I'm sorry if we're, we're hopping yeah, sure, all over no, the that's place, fine. but but you know uh, something else that I always found really interesting in soundtracks is that in the '70s, you know, you had the soundtracks that were kind of associated with a theme song, that kind of thing. You know, like Star Wars or Indiana, The Godfather, that right, kind of sure. stuff. It was really interesting. Us growing up in the '90s, the development of the soundtracks started turning into mixtapes. You know, because you had like a Reservoir Dogs, right, you know, yeah. with uh, the Stephen Wright kind of <laughs> DJ character doing the 70s songs, and then Pulp Fiction with the uh, surf stuff and the old rock rock and roll stuff. But it, it, it's interesting to see the way that the, the, the soundtracks have changed in that way, you know, and you get a lot out of them these days, man. Even the the independent director, John Sayles, you know, his soundtracks to his movies, they're like uh, treasure troves of music, right, you know. I yeah. I remember... Um, Lone Star, the one he did about the South Texas murder. I mean, there was filled with all kinds of cool old South Texas songs, and he also did a movie called uh, Men with Guns that took place in a uh, uh, Colombia, and it was filled with all kinds of really cool Cuban, Cuban stuff and yeah. Cuban info and all of that. And I uh, love not that... Cuban. I'm sorry, cumbia. What oh, am I saying? Yeah. Cumbia. Uh, well,
1: but I'm really glad you bring that up because I mean, I think to just I think it was two years ago that uh, that you had you had Guardians of the Galaxy. Which is a main like you know super mainstream movie that did this exact same thing. The the soundtrack for the film was actually quite
0: literally a mixtape. Oh yeah, you're saying that yeah it was yeah. A, yeah, yeah. See, the, so the mixtape developed in 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 soundtracks and um even oh you know something else that's re- another real great uh, contributor to the soundtracks these days is all the Coen brothers stuff with uh, T Bone Burnett who's this amazing musician and musicologist. So you know you get the soundtracks actually. Being as popular as the movies themselves, like uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, or um, you know right. the the Llewellyn Davis flick that came out, sure. but but uh, oh that maybe that's enough for the soundtrack. Yeah, <laughs> I could talk about soundtracks for hours, JC. But with that, we're gonna take a little break. And uh, speaking of uh, songs from movies, we're gonna play a little bit from the Midnight Cowboy soundtrack. That classic song, Everybody's Talking. Oh, Lord. You, you know, or we're going to wait a little bit. Know, yeah, Hey, yeah. I'm just teasing you. <laughs> a Maybe teasing. if you listeners are good, we'll play some Midnight Cowboy soundtrack music. In the meantime, right now, we're going to talk to our own Free Will and Frank about
6: a drone...
0: Episode.
6: <laughs> how y'all doing um you know what i never ran upstairs and downloaded your song <laughs> oh okay. i can hum a few bars <laughs> or you can go download it if you at the time but we'll anyways do um i'm here to uh talk about um not just the movies um which is a great drone movie i want y'all to check out it's called unmanned america's drone wars right and you can look that up online on youtube it's called unmanned america's drone wars and that is a film a documentary about the use of drones in by the united states but to bring us up to date in real life here, there's been a protest going on at Creech Air Force Base. It's the second annual shutdown Creech uh, demonstration, and it happened last year. I was there. You guys remember yeah. we did a good live update last year. Unfortunately, Where's I couldn't make it this year. Where's Creech Air Force Base? Um, for Creech me? is in the middle of the Nevada desert. Okay. Um, it's the main uh, Predator drone base. They train there. They fly missions there throughout the world, and they drop bombs on Afghanistan, Pakistan, Yemen, uh, Iraq. But at the base now and all day and all week was uh, our local community hero, Toby Blomey. How are you, Toby? Great. Just got out jail, actually.
7: Franklin. All
6: right. I'm glad Ooh. you've made it. Um, yeah. I've been holding out all day. Th- instead of playing movie trailers about unmanned, I got you on the line for a quick update. So, you've been out there all week at Creech doing morning vigils. For those of you who don't know, Creech Air Force Base is out in the middle of the desert and it's like a two lane highway. All morning, it's like commute traffic on 24 coming and people just go into the base to operate drones, to practice flying drones, to run missions. And so, they do morning vigils every day and they stand out there with their signs and stuff. And- communicate to the uh the base personnel but yesterday and today was the days of direct action toby i know we don't have much time but um tell me what happened today with the direct action what um what did you guys do this morning and i start with that
7: yeah well we we culminate at the end of the week with a big direct action to try to interrupt business as usual but was also accomplished is yesterday morning there was a veterans group that went out in the morning and uh blocked the main gate we uh and so they were there to interrupt traffic to the main gate there's we what we thought was only two gates one where most of the traffic goes in so as soon as the main gate is blocked the traffic is diverted to the second gate further north and uh there was a small group of us doing a quiet meditation at that gate we got there just before the diverted traffic arrived so we shut down the second gate and we noticed the traffic was diverted further north, and that alerted us to that maybe there was a, a third gate, and we went down there and found out indeed traffic was going up there. So to, so we did a lot of planning yesterday afternoon and uh, early this morning to finish it up to plan to actually blockade all three gates, which we successfully did.
6: Okay, we only have a few more minutes. Uh, so. What happened today? You blocked all three gates, and so was the base actually shut down for a time?
7: It was shut down, but what happened was is the military was wise to our plans, and at by 6.30 in the morning, we started our action at 7. The road was almost completely dead, and by 7 o'clock, hardly any traffic, and the highway patrol blocked the highway um, with what little traffic was coming in. So we, we had the gates blocked. And the other thing is there was another group doing another, another fourth group doing something which I don't want to re- reveal the, <laughs> the details of that was quite orchestrated. But because there was no traffic, we, we uh, pulled that one. We decided to pull that one off. But um, ultimately today, yesterday there were eight people arrested, interrupting uh, business as usual. And again today, there were another um, 18 people who, blocked wow. the roads at different times actually because the group that had an alternative plan waited and then at 9 30 in the morning quite late all of a sudden there was a flood of traffic so what we think is is that air force had some of their personnel arrive much earlier than usual like usually the flow starts at 6 a.m but they probably had them coming much earlier but then there was a late flow of traffic so we actually had an uh uh like spontaneous uh, reaction, pulling people together and interrupting um, traffic at the gate. on well, Two separate small groups. Well, so,
6: Toby, let me interrupt you because we only got about one minute here. Sure. And um, where could people go to get an update on um, what you've done over this um, past week? Where could they find out like what happened throughout the week and uh, maybe see some videos and get more information? What's the best place?
7: Well, we have our website, Shutdown Creech. Uh, blogspot.blogspot.com ShutdownCreech and Creech is C-R-E-E-C-H dot blogspot.com and I'm I'm hoping we will be posting some videos, photographs Uh, we also have a Facebook Shutdown 2016 um, and you should be able to get some uh, lots of video and photographs off that
6: Thank you Toby, Um, we're really running out of time but I want to congratulate you on again on a second year, I'm really bummed I couldn't join you but I'm going to be there T- threefold next year.
7: I hope so, Franklin. Thanks for having us on a bit today.
6: Yeah, and thanks for um, being out there and congratulations on being free right now. Okay,
7: thank you very much.
6: Okay. All right, Toby, thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. We want to thank and say gracias to our own freewill and
0: Frank whoop, whoop, whoop. and Toby Blume, recipient of KPFA's Local Community Hero Awards, for that update on the happenings at Creech Air Force Base. And, dear listeners, that brings us to the end of. Tonight's show that wasn't about movies... That's right, wasn't about movies we at all. ...we want to say gracias to David Roach for joining us tonight to talk about the Oakland International Film Festival. Get out there and see some of these amazing films from amazing Oakland directors. It's taking place from April 5th to the 9th. You can learn more at oiff.org. Tonight's outro theme is Control Machete from the soundtrack to Alejandro Inairrutis' Amores Perros. And it goes out to La Onda Bajita cruising the avenues and boulevards of Khalifa Aslan for over 35 years now. That's right. The executive producer for Full Circle is Miss M. Our technical director,
1: who is here in the studio with us, is Free Will and Frank Sterling. Thank you again for that update from Creech. Thanks for letting me do it. Absolutely. Joy Moore is our production consultant. We've been your hosts. Yo soy Josiah Luis. And I'm JC. Big thanks to Ron Thompson over there manning the ones and twos. And thank you for joining us on Full Circle. Stay tuned. La Onda Baíta is next. And for all of us at Full Circle, I'm JC. And that... Just se
2: aliento y saliva que suelto cada momento que siento correcto y lo hago completo y directo. y sí, señor lo presenté esperando en